0: Romans nine, twenty-two and 23. What if God, wanting to show his wrath and to make his power known, endured with much long-suffering the vessels of wrath prepared for destruction, and that he might make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy which he had prepared beforehand for glory? Welcome to The King is Coming. Welcome to The King is Coming. This is episode 5 and I am Femi. The title of this episode is Vessels of Mercy Needed. Vessels of Mercy Needed. Now following the revelation that 2020 to 2027 is a crucial period for the body of Christ, we continue to seek to know what to do to maximize the showers of blessings being released on us from heaven. In this episode, the Lord revealed that he's seeking for vessels of mercy between now and and 2027. Part of the process of the coming of our King Jesus is the judgment of sin. All our human institutions will be weighed on God's scale and those not built on truth will collapse. As we race towards that time, God has a rescue plan. The plan is to find vessels of mercy. These are people whom God has pity on and exempts from the judgment. These vessels of mercy are then sent to warn people. And when his judgment falls on the vessels of wrath, the vessels of mercy are blessed. There is a massive reset button coming after 2027 of global magnitude and the lives of billions of people are at risk. God currently has vacancies for vessels of mercy who will warn then receive mercy and glory when judgment comes. Now to understand this process and learn more about the vessels of mercy, let us look at the periods of judgment in the Bible where God pressed the reset button. When Jesus prophesied about our times, he said in Luke 17, verses 26 and verse 28, And as it was in the days of Noah, so will it also be in the days of the Son of Man. Then jumping to verse 28, he says, Likewise, as it was also in the days of Lot. So Jesus focused on the days of Lot and the days of Noah as examples. And if you go back to episode 1, you know that this King is Coming podcast centers around those two examples. Let's look at Noah first Genesis 6 verses 5 to 8 says then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intent of his thoughts and of his heart was always evil continually and the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth and he was grieved in his heart. So the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, creeping things and the birds of the air, for I am sorry that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of God. Noah found grace in the eyes of God. To find grace is to receive mercy. God was about to press a global factory reset button, but he found a man named Noah to be the vessel of mercy. He, had, he then sent Noah to preach repentance. If you look at Second Peter two five, but saved Noah, one of the eight people, a preacher of righteousness, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood on the world of the ungodly. So when Noah found mercy, as was building the ark, he was also preaching righteousness. And finally the flood came on the world presently 2020 till 2027 is a period of preparation and fortification for the evil that the enemy will be allowed to unleash on the world scriptures calls this period between 2020 till 2027 the period of divine long suffering 1 peter 320 says whom formerly were disobedient when once the divine long suffering the divine long suffering Waited in the days of Noah while the ark was being prepared, in which a few, that is, eight souls, were saved through water. This divine suffering period is when God uses the vessels of mercy to make ready a rescue plan. As Noah was building the ark, which was God's rescue plan, he was also preaching repentance to his neighbors. Romans 9:22 says that God endured with much long suffering, and in 22 he says God endured with much long suffering with the vessels of wrath. God is forbearing in this period to prepare a, an escape plan for His children. God is holding back and restraining the due judgments to save the righteous. Periods of divine long suffering are to procure an escape plan. For Noah, it was an ark. For us, it is our intimacy with him and obedience to the instructions he gives. Our escape plan is to be of one spirit with him in his purpose. Our rescue plan is a bespoke one, tailor made for us. So you have to hear from your maker. So in the times of Noah, it was an ark. Simple, just enter the ark. In our own time, it is a spiritual ark, which is intimacy with him intimacy with god so jesus second example for these our end times is the judgment of sodom and gomorrah likewise he says in luke 17 verses 28 to 30 likewise as it as it was in the days of lot They ate, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built. But on the day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even so will it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. Noah saw a global judgment while Lot witnessed a local one over five cities. On the eve of judgment, God found vessels of mercy in Abraham and Lot. You can read the whole of Genesis 19 to see the entire story, but because of time, look at a few verses. Genesis 19:16 for example says, "And while he lingered, this is talking about Lot, the men took hold of his hand, his wife's hand, and the hands of his two daughters. The Lord being merciful to him, and they brought him out and set him outside the city. Lot was unprepared to escape. But the angels of the Lord had to practically push him out of the city because God had set his mind. God was determined to have mercy on him. If he was left to the actions of Lot, he, was, he delayed so much that he would have been destroyed. But it was a period of divine long-suffering. And the angels finally had to push him out. Now, if you read, read the entire story of from the time the angels entered into Sodom till the time it was destroyed in Genesis 19, you will see that the angels held back judgment to ensure the safety of Lot. Those hours in which they sent out Lot to warn anyone he loved in the city was the period of divine long-suffering. Yes, it is shorter than the time of Noah. Noah's period took years, probably because it was a global earth, uh, global issue. And But in the period of Lot, it was also some hours. If, let's analyze and get an idea of the time frame that was given to Lot. Now, if we look at the time, Lot's house was attacked after dinner because he said when they were, had finished eating and the angels and Lot were about to sleep was when the event started unfolding. So if we say that that was at 10 p.m., by the time the cities were being destroyed, it was daylight the next day. So when the angels pulled Lot and his family out, so between 10 p.m. and maybe 6, p. 6 a.m., Lot was sent out to save as many people as he could to warn his son-in-laws to get ready. And finally, in the morning, they had to pull him out because he probably was getting things ready, packing this or putting things in place, and they had to finally drag him out. All that period was a period of divine long-suffering. God restrained judgment. God kept judgment. God is calling out now announcing to our spirits to come to him because 2020 to 2027 is a period of divine long suffering to come to his throne of mercy that we may obtain grace in the hour of need that is already coming on the world but will actually get stronger by 2027 will you harken to him will you come to him so why are vessels of mercy the focus of the lord right now why is the god's rescue plan centered around the vessels of mercy It is important to understand God's purpose in all that he does. While understanding his purpose is not a prerequisite for obedience, it is a sign of intimacy. John 15, 15 says, No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all things that I heard from my father I have made known to you. Psalm 25, 14 says, The secret of the Lord is with those who fear him, and he will show them his covenant. Jesus told his disciples, You are no longer servants, But God has Open the door for us if we will walk with him to be called his friends like Abraham to be like Moses that he spoke to face to face God's end time e- end game is to raise a perfect bride for Jesus that will be raptured home that is the central purpose some will reject him and his purpose and become vessels of wrath while others will accept and become vessels of mercy. In this period of divine long-suffering, the wicked have been separated from the vessels of mercy by their choices. Another reason God looks for vessels of mercy is to save as many as can, be sa- ca- as can be saved. Ezekiel thirty-three eleven says, Say to them, As I live, says the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked will turn from his way and live. Turn, turn from your evil ways, for why should you die? There is going to be a global earthquake soon. I was shown this event. It was terrible and frightening. Countries would disappear and the world map will will have to be redrawn. When I saw it, I was frightened for days at the disaster. The level of carnage was dreadful. It scared me. You know what? This does not bring the Lord pleasure. The way some Christians are, they've looked at the world and they've become so upset at the evil they've seen that there's a righteous indignation in them that the Lord should just wipe everything out. While judgment demands that, it does not bring the Lord pleasure. It does not bring him pleasure to see such carnage. Pastor Joanna said that this event will take place in 2029. Rick Joanna a few years ago started warning people to move out of West Coast cities in America, especially California, unless God specifically tells them to stay, because large parts of it will be washed away. He and many other American prophets had been prophesying this earthquake for decades. If what they see and what I was shown is right, you know that we do not have a lot of time. What God wants is to save. Redemption is at the heart of the Father. Sin must be judged and the judgment of sin is part of his mercy. However, the day of the Lord is a dreadful day. Who can stand it? Only those who have received mercy. More importantly, it is part of the process of God setting up his kingdom. So all that is going to happen, the judgments, the earthquakes, uh, America going into civil war, many countries, the whole world being in at war, is all part of God setting up his kingdom. So no one should worry. There will also be the greatest manifestation of God's glory that has ever been seen. And if you are concerned about all the woe, woe, woe you are hearing, I suggest you go and listen to the Glory of Rapture podcast, which is tagged episode 0, but is the fifth installment of the podcast and the one before this one and if you listen to it you will see the glory that God is reserving for his church so we are not to be afraid of the things I'm talking about all the danger we are to prepare to get ready in Lamentations 3:32, Jeremiah said though he causes grief Yet he will show his compassion according to the multitude of his mercies. According to the multitude of his mercies. For he does not afflict willingly. That is God doesn't do it willingly nor grieve the children of men. Micah 7.18 says Who is a God like you? Pardoning iniquity and passing over the transgression of the remnant of his heritage. He does not retain his anger forever because he delights in mercy. It doesn't matter how terrible things are How much sin you've committed. God delights in mercy he enjoys it. God loves mercy. It brings him pleasure to be merciful, to forgive, to pass over wrongdoing once the conditions are met. God delights in mercy. God calls his throne the seat of mercy. God is looking for those who will allow him to have mercy because God is in heaven and ma- earth has been handed over to men. It is only through man God can act and God is looking for these vessels of mercy which are people God has honoured and it This position is available for anyone who will choose it. So let us look at the other side of the coin in this period of divine long-suffering, at the vessels of wrath. Now in Romans 9.22, it says, What if God, wanting to show his wrath and to make his power known, endured with much long-suffering the vessels of wrath, prepared for destruction, and that he might make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy, which he had prepared beforehand for glory? The vessels of mercy are separating themselves for mercy. The vessels of mercy are separating themselves for mercy and the vessels of wrath are demarcating themselves for destruction. They do this by going into an overdrive of evil. The fact that God has not judged them only emboldens them. I mean, if you look around and look at news articles, we are seeing sexual perversion on a level that is unimaginable. And it seems as if they are winning every day. They are encroaching on the knowledge of God. People are speaking blasphemies against God. And everything is just getting worse and worse because it's a period of divine long-suffering. And in that period, God allows the evil people to get more evil and they go into an extreme, and it's as if God puts the two vessels of wrath and mercy at polar opposites. It's like God to Thy Camp, O Israel. Everybody goes to extremes. This is to show each party for what it is. In this period, the, to the, it will seem to the righteous that evil is on turbo power. So will it be in these seven years. But remember, God is using that period to build up vessels of mercy. Let us look at Romans chapter nine, where our anchor verses 22 and 23 is located. For example. And in those verses in twenty two and twenty three, it's Part of a narration in the whole chapter which focuses on Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, in the times of Moses. As a new believer, I read this chapter and thought that God had decided each person's faith even before birth, regardless of their choice. The theologians call that predestination, they call it the doctrine of predestination, which uh, for some time captured the imagination of everybody that some people are earmarked for hell. There's nothing they can do, that is it. And it is based on this chapter and what God said about Pharaoh in uh, Romans 9, 17 and 18, the same chapter uh, of Romans 9, verses 17 and 18 says, For the scripture says to Pharaoh, for this, purpose, for this very purpose I have raised you up, that I may show my power in you, and that my name may be declared in all the earth. Therefore he has mercy on whom he wills, and on whom he wills he hardens. From this verse, I thought that God had taken away the, the choice of Pharaoh and consequently i thought that some people were forever marked for hell and some forever marked for heaven that there was no choice that is absolutely wrong how can anyone be held guilty when Almighty God took away his free will. Some even say Pharaoh will make heaven because he fulfilled his purpose. While we don't have time to dissect this issue p- properly, let us use Pharaoh's life to see clearly our father's ways. If we examine the plagues of Egypt and Pharaoh's responses closely, we will see that after each of the first five plagues it was Pharaoh who hardened his heart. In Exodus seven thirteen, chapter eight verse fifteen, nineteen and thirty-two, and chapter nine verse seven, in those verses. It says his heart grew hard or he hardened it. So Pharaoh either grew, it made his heart grow harder or he hardened it. That means maybe his the hardness of his heart was at level 10%. After one of the plagues, he would raise it to 20, to 30. He kept increasing the hardness of his heart. Even his magicians who had duplicated the first two signs of Moses, they conceded and said, let Israel go. And in, ver- in Exodus eight nineteen, they told Pharaoh, they said, Then the magicians said to Pharaoh, this is the finger of God. But Pharaoh's heart grew hard and he did not heed them just as the Lord had said. By that time, the magicians were saying, look, this has passed our realm. This is the realm of God Almighty. Please let these people go. But his heart grew hard, and you get the impression that over time, as you read through the plagues, everybody else in Egypt believed Moses. Some of them started obeying some of his instructions. And maybe to me, I, f- I just believe that it was only Pharaoh who had decided that oh, no way I'm not letting these people go. But you know what? From the sixth plague, God took over the hardening. This agrees with what. Apostle Paul says in Romans 119 because what may be known of God is manifest in them for God has shown it to them because although they knew God they did not glorify him as God in verses 24 to 26 it says God gave these stubborn people over to uncleanness and vile passions and in verse 28 it says God gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting a debased, crooked, upside down mind perverse mind to do things which are not fitting this was the fate of Pharaoh. He refused to listen. Then God started handing him over to a debased mind. God could have judged Pharaoh the first time Moses spoke to him but God gave 10 plagues which were part of the divine long-suffering where Israel obeyed God and were saved and Egypt, led by a stubborn Pharaoh, was destroyed. God's people left with all the gold of Egypt as he, the Egyptians buried their dead. Likewise, 2020 to 2027 is a period of separating the goats from the sheep, the wheats from the stairs. Some will refuse to come to God in the midst of the biting famine that has already started. Another event events that will shake our world to its foundation. Those who refuse to come will be left to go further astray. God will remove some guardrails after 2027 when some fallen angels who are currently locked up will be released. These angels will be hard to resist. Those who do not separate themselves to God now will be taken over by the enemy. And God's glory will be manifested as his light will arise on his people in the thick darkness. From the vessels of wrath. If we look back to the vessels of mercy, we see something else. Romans 9.22 What if God wanting to show his wrath and to make his power known endured with much long-suffering the vessels of wrath prepared for destruction, that he might make known the riches of his glory, on the vessels of mercy which he had prepared beforehand for glory what are the riches of this glory he's talking about which the vessels of mercy are prepared for let us look at other vessels of mercy for example god was going to annihilate israel after god had kept moses on the mountain for 40 days exodus 32 7 to 14 says and the lord said to moses go get down for your people whom you brought out of the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. They have turned aside quickly out of the way which I commanded them. They have made themselves a molded calf and worshipped it and sacrificed it and said, This is your God, O Israel, that brought you out of the land of Egypt. And the Lord said to Moses, I have seen these people, and indeed it is a stiff-necked people. Now therefore let me alone that my wrath may burn hot against them, and I may consume them, and I will make a great nation of you. Then Moses pleaded with the Lord his God, and said, "Lord, why does your wrath burn hot against your people, whom you have brought out of the land of Egypt with a great and with a great power and a mighty hand? Then he continues, we we'll go to jump to verse fourteen, So the Lord relented from the harm which He had said He would do to his people. How could a mortal man practically talk God out of what He was said to do?" That blew my mind as a young believer reading this for the first time. What audacity. What gumption. How rich is this glory given to the vessels of of mercy that they can actually reason with God to change his mind. Moses was not the first nor the last vessel of mercy to do this. Abraham did the same when he sat with God and negotiated for the five cities God was going to destroy. God walked by Abraham and dropped the blessing of the promise of Isaac as he was walking down to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. The story is in Genesis 18, but let's just pick some verses because of time. Genesis eighteen three says, And said, My Lord, if I have found favor in your sight, which is like if I have found mercy, do not pass your servant. Then God sat down here to him and gave him the promise of Isaac. When God was about to leave Abraham, he now said this in verse 18 since Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed by him for I have known him that's the second thing to know you find favor then God knows you or recognizes you he says, for I have known him in order that he may command his children and his household after him, that they may keep the way of the Lord to do righteousness and justice, that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has spoken to him. Abraham was a vessel of mercy. Uh, Abraham negotiated for the cities to be destroyed, asking that if God could count ten people, he should save it. Unfortunately, God couldn't find ten people in five cities, and he was under no obligation to save anyone. But God knew that Abraham wanted to save his nephew Lot and honored him. So if we jump to Genesis 19, we will see the result of Abraham's uh, vessel of mercy on Lot even though God couldn't find 10 righteous people which was Abraham's condition for him to save those cities so Genesis 19:27 to 29 says and Abraham went early in the morning to the place where he stood before the Lord 28 says then he looked towards Sodom and Gomorrah and toward all the land of the plain and he saw and behold the smoke of the land which went up like the smoke of the furnace. And it came to pass when God destroyed the cities of the plain that God remembered Abraham and sent Lot out of the midst of the overthrow when he overthrew the cities in which Lot had dwelt. So God remembered Abraham. Even though Abraham did not pray for Lot specifically, he negotiated indirectly. But God knew his heart and still had mercy on Lot. Just like Abraham, Moses was able to negotiate with God as a vessel of mercy they were able to do it because they were vessels of mercy because by the holiness of God no mortal who is imperfect should be able to stand before God yet these men were able to speak and talk and change the mind of God let's examine this further in Exodus 33 verses 12 to 17 then Moses said to the Lord see you say to me bring up this people but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. So he said, Yet you, you have said, Ash, I have known you by name, and I have also found grace in your sight. Again, those two words, I have known you. Yes, God knows everybody, but he picks out some people that he knows specifically. And says, Moses said, Yet you have said, I have known you by name, and you have also found grace in my sight. Now, therefore, I pray, if I have found grace in your, in your sight, show me your way that I may know you and that I may find grace in your sight. What a man. What a man. He wasn't going to use his mercy to just get things. He said, since you say you know me, and you have shown, I have found grace in your sight, show me your way. Let me know your thoughts, how you walk, how you move, so that I will know you. He wanted to know God more. And I will find even more grace in your sight. Anyways, let's go back to the, to the text. And consider that this nation is your people. And he said, and God answered him and said, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Then he said to him, If your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from here. For how then will it be known that your people and I have found grace in your sight, except you go with us? So shall we be separate, your people and I, from all the people who are upon the face of the earth. So the Lord said to Moses, I will also do this thing that you have spoken, for you have found grace in my sight, and I know you by name for you have found grace in my sight for you have found grace in my sight and I have known you by name he was a vessel of mercy and God recognized him he was a person that God recognized by name after that Moses then asked for the impossible I don't even know how Moses was able to think about this but in Exodus 33 verse 18 and he said please show me your glory verse 19 says then he said I will make all my goodness pass before you and I will proclaim my name I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious. And I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. Moses, Abraham... They found grace and mercy in the sight of God. They were vessels of mercy and God recognized them. God knew them by name. And by that authority, they were able to go into the God realm. They left the human realm and went into the God realm and they were able to speak to God face to face like a man. And that friendship allowed them to begin to negotiate and change God's mind over various issues. This is a God who does not change, but men were able to negotiate with him. And see this man Moses, who was not only able to see God without the New Testament benefit of the Holy Spirit in him, but he saved his entire nation from a deserved destruction. First Corinthians 8.3 says, But if anyone loves God, this one is known by him. Wow. Abraham and Moses were recognized by God because they had become vessels of mercy. No man has the right to stand in his presence. But those on whom he has had mercy, he puts a seal which allows them to enter the God dimension and converse with him. This is the destiny and honor our, God, our Father has bestowed on vessels of mercy. Even Lot, whose mercy was a subsidiary of Abraham's mercy had negotiation power to ask for the lives of sinners who dwelt in Zohar in Genesis 19 to 22 it says indeed now your servant has found favor in your sight and you have increased your mercy which you have shown me by saving my life but I cannot escape to the mountains lest some evil overtake me and I die see now this city is near enough to flee to and it is a little one. Please let me escape there. Is it not a little one? And my soul shall live. And he said to him, See, I have favored you concerning this thing also, in that I will not overthrow this city for which you have spoken. Hurry, escape there, for I can do—I cannot do anything until you arrive there. He had mercy on him. And because of that, the angels, they kept destruction at bay until the man who, who had received mercy was safe. Therefore, the name of the city was called Zohar. The inhabitants of Zohar did not know why they escaped the fire and brimstone falling from heaven on all the other four cities around them. It was because the vessel of mercy called Lot became a spiritual umbrella from them, protecting them from the fire and brimstone from heaven. These two examples out of so many give a glimpse into the rescue plan of God as Noah, Abraham, Lot, Moses and so many others in scriptures you can become a vessel of mercy god needs you now because redemption is at his heart when he was going to tear down the northern kingdom of israel because the judgment day of the lord had come he said through Hosea, how can i give you up ephraim this is Hosea eleven eight how can i give you up ephraim how can I hand you over, Israel? How can I make you like Admar? How can I set you like Zeboim? My heart churns within me. My sympathy is dead. God was moved with compassion, even though he had to destroy them. Then he also said in Ezekiel 22:30, So I sought for a man among them who would make a wall and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land that I should not destroy it. But I found no one. The call from heaven has gone out, seeking those who will intercede for people cities, states, nations, and the world, that people may be saved. People who will not ask God for just temporal things that will pass away, but ask for things impossible. God told Jesus in Psalm 2, 8, ask of me and I will give you the nations for your inheritance and the ends of the earth for your possession. Jesus is now in heaven interceding, but he needs his body to join in this work. Let us ask for nations on behalf of Jesus. Ask for your daily needs, but remember to be of one spirit with our Lord by doing his work. Ask for Nigeria. Ask for America. Ask for your nation. When we meet him on that day, he will give special honor to the vessel of mercies. The the crown of intercessor will be reserved for them in in eternity. Let God say, I saved this country because of your prayers. Your city was doomed until you became a vessel of mercy over it. There was no hope for your family until you called out to me. The king wants to save. The king wants to save. The king wants to save will you be like isaiah who said in isaiah 6 8 also i heard the voice of the lord saying whom shall i send who will go for us then i said here i am send me the spirit is asking is looking for those who will say lord send me god is showing many that that we are entering the beginning of sorrows that jesus spoke about at the end of days if the vessels of mercy do not arise for families and nations. Many will be lost in this judgment. The umbrella of the vessels of mercy covers more than the vessel during the judgment. Noah's umbrella of mercy saved his immediate family. Abraham's vessel covered his nephew Lot. You can cover your family. Lot covered evil Zohar. You can cover your city. Moses covered idolatrous Israel. You can cover your country. Jesus covered the entire world and race of humanity. Become a vessel of mercy. Jesus is the only reason we can come into the presence of God. Sin casts us out of his presence, but the blood of Jesus, which the patriarchs accessed prophetically through animal blood, brings us back in. Consecration is the key to becoming a vessel of mercy. Give yourself up to God totally. 2 Timothy 2.20 says, But in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver but also of wood and clay, some for honor and some for dishonor. Therefore, if anyone, so this is a position open to anyone, not some people, if anyone, not clergy, not pastors, not man of God, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. Do not just give God praise, offering, tithe. Etc. give up your life to him become a living sacrifice and an altar before him as you spend time with him in prayer and meditation he will burn away every shaft of sin and make you a vessel unto honor which is a vessel of mercy the website is www.secondkingscoming.com one word s-c-c-o-n-d-k-i-n-g-s-c-o-m-i-n-g and you will see links to other witnesses whom God has shown things concerning these events Please, redeem the time today and seek Him. I prophesy that the sons of God will arise. The Davids in the bush will arise. They will arise from the bush to the throne. The watchmen will arise. The prophets by whom God will prosper His people will arise. They will speak the words of God. The daughters of Zion should arise and become vessels of mercy, that many may be saved. If you have heard this, do not postpone. Call out to Him now, Call out to him now that you may arise, and the glory of the Lord may arise upon you. Arise and seek Him. Rebuild your altar of consecration before Him. You must first give your life totally to Him. And when you do, he will, You will have the honor of becoming a vessel of mercy. Arise. The King needs you to arise. Because darkness is arising. Darkness is arising. The people of God need to arise so that the light of God can arise on them. Arise for the King is coming. All this is because the King is coming. Behold, let the people know that their King is coming. The king is coming. Thank you very much for listening.